Welcome to Getting Personal with Plant Medicine. I'm your host, Diana Crash. This is a podcast where we talk about the personal side of plant medicine. And today, we're going to talk about when the personal intersects with the political. Shonda Broom, a holistic nurse and cannabis consultant, understands all too well how the personal use of medicinal plants can impact all aspects of life. How are you today, Shonda? I'm doing well, Diana. How are you? <laughs> I'm a lot better now that I'm talking to you, as oh. per usual. <laughs> oh, it makes me feel so good. Thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate the opportunity. I'm honored whenever I'm able to help you because you have been such a great supporter of me. So I'm glad to be a part of this. I'm excited for this journey with you with this podcast. I mean, plant medicine. Thank you. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start by telling listeners what led you to plant medicine as an adult. Um, as an adult. <laughs> Well, um, I've always been familiar with plant medicine. Um, you know, when I was younger, early years, because, you know, I'm older now, but in my early years, you know, I would, you know, use cannabis every now and then, kind of like for a social type thing, not necessarily for medicinal reasons, because I wasn't really aware of the medicinal side of it. Although, you know, when you do consume cannabis, it helps you to relax, you know, it helps with yeah. anxiety. But when you're younger, you really don't think like, oh yeah, this is truly helping me. It's just like, I know I feel right. good, you know? So yeah, was, I think you don't realize the holistic aspects of it. Was not it, was at kid, all. You know? <laughs> I really did not at all. I'm oh, sorry. Keep keep going. Okay. <laughs> Cut you off. <laughs> okay. No, that's okay. So um, what led me to it was, well, what led me, I would say more to the awareness of it truly being medicine is um, I had a situation regarding my nursing license and I was actually using cannabis to help me manage depression. And when I started using it to manage my depression, it wasn't me intentionally saying, okay, I know I'm dealing with depression. Let me get cannabis because this is, you know, the medicine I'm going to use. I knew that when I used cannabis, it helped me feel better. It gave me clarity. And so that's how I began to understand that, you know, it's more to than social use with the plant. Like this plant is really helping me deal with you know, uh, a medical issue as well as mm -hmm. helping manage my blood pressure. You know, I learned that along the way with this journey as well. Right. And you also know about, because of your nursing background, how, and because just of, because you're a holistic nurse, like how other plants can play into cannabis, like how they can work with cannabis. And, and we just talked about holistic a little bit, but like that is pretty much your focus now is how it holistically can help you yeah. all of plant medicine. Most definitely. <laughs> it's like, it's so much that, you know, when I was a little girl, my grandmother, she, I, was, I wouldn't say she was like an a herbalist who's like in a class teaching people, but she taught me so much mm -hmm. just in passing, you know, it would be certain things outside 
that, you know, she's telling me about. And then when I'm on my own, I'm going run through the yard and I'm looking for this plant, <laughs> plant or this flower. So it's always been something that's been a part of me. I say it's like it's innately inside of me. But it wasn't until I got much older and I guess was put in a situation again, you know, with my nursing license that it brought me more into an awareness. So, you know, I look at that situation sometimes like, yeah, it was a, a dark period. But I think that going through that, it brought me to where I was supposed to be. And I mean, yeah. just coming to an understanding of what plant medicine can do how it's changed my life, how I've gotten family members to, you know, be willing to try certain things that they may not have been able to try or been willing to try and just seeing the change and the effects, you know, it's been so rewarding. So I'm grateful for where I'm at, despite how I got here, you know? <laughs> right. Well, yes. And let's talk about that a little bit. Um, I mean, you mentioned your nursing background. How did your use of plant medicine intersect with your professional life? So um, as I was using cannabis to manage my depression, um, I so I couldn't get a job as a nurse after closing a business of 10 years. And it was like about, it took me about six months to actually get hired on somewhere. And I failed the pre-employment screening. Now, I always, at first I like to say I failed that employment screening and a month later I passed one. But I will also like to say um, I wasn't that aware, again, of cannabis back then. Like, you know, I knew I was using it to help manage depression, but to understand everything about cannabis, I find like it's so much to understand about cannabis. And when we think we know, like we have no idea because it's like constant learning and understanding all of like the cannabinoids and all these different things. So when I failed that test, you know, I had no idea about cannabis being fat soluble and, you know, it stays in our body and how long it stays in the urine. So I was ignorant to that fact. And that did lead me to failing that test. And um, ultimately uh, I had to shift from being, a traditional nurse more into being a holistic nurse because I did voluntarily surrender my license after an investigation because uh, the punishment for my use, despite me using it for a medical purpose, was extremely harsh. And so I chose the plant, you know. That's right. I do. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you chose the plant. That's I so chose powerful. The plant. Yes, yes, I chose the plant over pills. So, and yes. Then, it hasn't led me wrong, I feel, in my life. Um, I feel that I'm much healthier with that choice than if I would have probably cho chosen, you know, pharmaceuticals. And I will say this, because I am a nurse. Holistic medicine, plant medicine is wonderful. But I mm -hmm. will also say that I understand that some people do, you know, do require the use of pharmaceuticals. So... You know, because like when we talk about plants, they think that we are uh, these crazy plant ladies, right? Right. <laughs> and we're just like, well, oh, we just want leave the medicine. Yeah, we just want no. we want you to just take take you know take some herbs. You know, go hug right. a tree. And although those things are good, you know, there are some people who you know still need more. So I understand right. that. But for me personally, I knew that what I was going through and where I was mentally that I could 
um, manage it with plant medicine. Right. Right. Like, I mean, I have been trying to learn more and more about herbalism and, you know, alternative health for the past decade, but I feel like I'm always learning new things. And one thing I'm finding really interesting is that TikTok is like being taken over by herbalists. Oh, yeah. I love <laughs> it, though. Also, I love it, too. And what I also love is that the common thread or the through line is like, don't assume that we're saying to use herbs for everything because obviously herbs are not going to help an emergent situation, right? right? Like that is when traditional or Western medicine comes into play, right? Um, did I say it right? I'm always mixing it up in my yeah, head. Western medicine. <laughs> okay. Medicine, I'm like, is it, is it the right one? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but you know, there are a lot of the more popular ones that I follow who have like amazing tips. They'll say things like, don't make, don't make these magic claims about any herb or plant. Right. And also understand that you have to do a lot of research around what you're taking outside of this plant, you know, because there are a lot of contraindications and, so it's important to have that balance, I think. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not telling people to go one way or the other, but I right. think it's important to have that balance and understand that, you Most know, no definitely. one's telling you to, you know, heal your gaping wound with essential oil. That's <laughs> right. what we're doing here. <laughs> and that's why I think that, you know, when a person becomes interested in adding plant medicine to their regimen. Like if you're not familiar, it is good to seek out an herbalist. It is good to seek out like, you know, somebody who specializes in holistic health that's familiar with helping you to understand because, you know, you see these stories when it's like, you know, well, I, I seen this on the internet and I tried it and, and I had a bad reaction or, but you have to understand your body, your own health conditions along with you know, this plant medicine that you're choosing to take because some things can interact in a negative way with like, you know, like you said, what other things you're probably taking. So you really have to be aware, you have to research and you have to understand, you know, yes. even though a lot of this modern medicine, you know, is synthetic forms of plants. Right. Like, you know, and it's funny because I always let my doctors know what I'm taking, even if they don't agree with it. I have a new doctor who said, he said, are you on any pharmaceuticals right now? And I said, no. And I gave him my whole list, you know, <laughs> and he, he goes, he goes, oh, so nothing real, no real medicine. Wow. And I'm like, well, that's, and I've heard that so many times, but I, I insist on making sure that it's on my chart because if I do wind up in the ER for whatever reason, then I, I need it to be listed somewhere right. that I'm you know, taking Kratom, I'm taking cannabis and doing this and that. Um, and, and that doesn't always happen. You know, you do have to be your own advocate. I mean, especially now, especially oh, the way definitely. things are right now. But yes. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of doctors and I call them like old school doctors, you know, those older doctors don't necessarily support the use of plant medicine. Some of them still no. believe everything is solved with a pill and, it's like, no, that's not even when you show them proof, like in their yeah. face, right? Oh, they like don't I care. had this <laughs> oh no. I had a GI in Florida and I told him, you know, what, what I was doing, and he he said, Well, 
I'm putting you on biologics because um, I don't care about what gets you high. It's not going to help heal your Crohn's disease. And then he did a colonoscopy. And long story short, I used to look like Swiss cheese before I started using cannabis <laughs> and kratom and, and alternative, you know, methods that were not pharmaceutical. And when he did this follow-up colonoscopy, there was only one ulcer and it was like half wow. had already healed halfway through. It wasn't continuing to spread. And he just wouldn't even talk to me after that because it was like I proved him wrong right there. And he wouldn't even upset. <laughs> right. He was like, I don't, you know, just just didn't even look at me like it was like we're done with this, you know, we're done wow. with this conversation. <laughs> and I just can't imagine like being in a trade where you're supposed to help people feel better. You know, you're you're so you're you take an oath, right? Um <laughs> I say, but you know, healthcare seems to, uh, I don't want to say this and sound, and it sounds bad, but this is how I feel. Healthcare is not mm -hmm. in the market of making you get well. No. It's more in the market no. of keeping you sick. And I say that because right. just my experience of traditional nursing, like, I remember I was doing home health and I walked into this patient's house to admit her to the agency. And I'm like, you know, where are your meds? And I'm thinking, okay. To me, seven is a lot, right? She yeah. pulled out three Ziploc bags, I kid you mm -hmm. not, of pill bottles. Oh, yeah. Three. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you taking this every day? And she's like, yeah. Like, it's just normal. And, you know, seeing that a lot in traditional nursing that, you know, I always felt like this just isn't the way. This just isn't the way. You know, I, I would get upset, but I know I couldn't say anything because you, you have to do what the doctor says. You have to follow the doctor's orders. And that's another reason why I'm so glad I did shift to holistic because I can have a voice now. Uh -huh. You know, uh -huh. I can say, well, have you considered? Did you try? You know, maybe I can talk to your doctor. Maybe we can collaborate right. together. Of course, I don't right. ever get a response back from the doctor, but I mean, no. I, I do throw that option out. Because, you know, like, let's be real. Nobody shouldn't be taking three Ziploc bags of pills every day. No, no. Yeah. And I used to take so many pharmaceuticals. And it, you get caught up in this cycle, you know, because, like, you, you always talk about how you get caught up in this cycle, like, of, oh, I have to take this other medication to deal with the side effects of this exactly. medication and so on and so forth. And that's and how then, it happens. Yeah, and none of the specialists talk to each other. So, you know, you have that whole kerfuffle where they're right. not communicating. So you're taking medicines that shouldn't, you know, that are contraindicated and you don't know it. So then you take even more, you know, it just never stops. And so, I mean, I just, obviously, I'm not telling anybody to do one way or the other, but it, it is such a change, at least for me. So... Um, switching a little bit because this episode, well, like we talked about earlier, it's definitely personal and I'm in the camp of all, poli all politics are personal. <laughs> <laughs> um, but especially for you and you've really gone through it. Um, you've really opened up your life to other people and, and really have tried to pursue change in a legislative way. So, um, can you talk about your experience testifying at the state capitol recently? Wow, yes. So that was an amazing 
an interesting experience. You know, I always thought that I would never publicly talk about my situation just from shame and embarrassment. And to actually sit in the Capitol, you know, and give testimony, it just, you know, I still sit here and I'm like, I I can't believe I did that. But I'm glad I did because, you know, I always say talking about my story is like therapy to me. You know, it helps with part of my healing process. And doing that was a major, it was a major, major part of healing for me to be able to, you know, testify openly. Um, and it's also recorded in the legislative library forever. But anyway, <laughs> I just wanted to say that. But, you know, <laughs> to be able to sit in front of uh, people who have the ability to decide change when it comes to law, and tell them and to see the shock in their faces when I told my story and to just like, are you serious? Yes, I am. This is, this is really going on. You know, it it just was, like I said, an amazing experience to make people aware of something that affects so many people personally, because I talked to a lot of nurses since I testified who come to me with their stories And it's like, this is a real life situation. And I think a lot of time when laws are created and when we talk about bills being written and formed, that the identity of the real person is never really considered, you Uh know? And I think that my testimony, um, it really helped to, um, to help change things, Mm -hmm. to help them realize the importance of, you know, it's time for these laws to change because they're affecting real people. Yes, absolutely. I loved watching you testify. I was so proud of you. I was like, oh my God, that is so major. I was so Um, nervous. So are (laughs) are you going to do it again? I am. So, um, today actually, an article came out the Louise, the medical marijuana employment task force. They met yesterday for the last time and they came out with a list of recommendations to uh, enforce workplace protections for employees. So with those recommendations, they're going to actually create a bill and, you know, hope that bill turns to law. And so for the next session in 2023, It's going to be like a lot of sessions discussing this bill. It's going to be testimony needed. And I actually spoke with someone on the task force about, you know, helping to get more people involved who want to give testimony. And my plan is to show up and to testify every time to make sure people know the importance of workplace uh, protections for employees, you know, as well as employers. I understand employers fear with this, with saying, you know, just because of the reefer madness over all the decades of right. why yeah. do I have to let them use cannabis and work for me? But, you know, it's time for us to step into, you know, reality <laughs> and get out yeah. this reefer madness. Like, you know, regardless of what you think your employees are going to consume, whether you know it or not, they're going to consume. 
You know, nobody's not saying let them you consume at work. We're not saying let them yeah. sit at the desk with a joint in hand, you know. Or be impaired on the job. Or be impaired yeah. on a job. This is not what we're saying because it's not okay for that to happen. Yeah. But no one should get punished for off-duty use. And that goes back again to like how I mentioned I failed that first pre-employment screening. And, mm-hmm. you know, before I took that test, I actually stopped consuming for like about a week or so, maybe a little bit longer than that. You know, it was so long ago, but I stopped and I still failed that test. And, you know, me failing that test ultimately cost me my nursing livelihood and I failed it due, due to off-duty use. And that's what the, you know, what my argument is in this like we cannot keep punishing people for things that's not happening on the job you know we have to get to a place where there are better testing methods if one must test and we have to come to an understanding that you can't you you just can't punish people for off-duty use you know so absolutely really yeah speak pushing speak to the petition you know now that you're speaking about that specific topic let's (laughs) right okay let's go into that discussion so i started a petition on change.org and i started this petition actually after i testified you know after i testified and you know i put the videos out there and i seen the response it's like okay how do i make an impact with the support um you know, I thought about getting people to write letters to the governor, but I'm like, these letters are probably just going to sit on his desk or sit in an uh-huh. email and they won't really have much of an effect. Uh, the change.org, I am a little bit over 800 signatures now. I'm so proud of it. But what it's about is to end workplace urine testing. And the reason why I say in workplace urine testing, because it is not valid for determining impairment. You know, again, if you want to determine whether somebody's high on the job, checking their urine is not going to tell you that. All it tells you is the level of THC metabolites that's in the body, that the, that it's present in the body. And again, if THC metabolites are fat soluble, depending on your body size, composition, your level of activity, how much you're moving to actually sweat, how much you're doing to actually, you know, cleanse your body out um it's going to be there so you can't punish people for your intestine i know that you know they're like well there's not really nothing else out but how fair is that to keep continue to punish people for something you know that doesn't work yeah god forbid we come up with a new solution But they got things like the breathalyzer, they got the oral swab. But again, like the oral swab, it detects um, up to 24 hours. That's still not determining impairment in that moment if something was to occur on the job. So, you know, I don't know how far my petition will get. I, I hope it eventually does something. But I really wanted to start it just to bring awareness to people outside of my situation and outside of Louisiana and people who aren't aware that, you know, I'm a nurse, you know, the most trusted profession for several years. And this has happened to me because a lot of people are unaware that, wow, I would have never thought you as a nurse that something like this could happen to you. Isn't that wild that we we as a society have been putting all this importance on wellness over the years, especially the last few years. 
And also at this same time, heralding healthcare workers, while also at the same time not providing fair working conditions for them. And and this and this is part of that, you know, because how do you expect your your providers, you, you know, your caretakers to be okay? <laughs> right. Like I, it blows my mind, Diana. Like you're saying that I can medicate my patient, but if I need to be medicated. I can't, you know, I mean, like nurses are still human too. Healthcare professionals are still human who deal with, you know, different health conditions, different uh, things with regarding mental health, with depression, anxiety. And you have to think, and I always say this after COVID and the things that a lot of those hospital workers witnessed, don't you think that cannabis would be very beneficial just for dealing with their mental health after seeing, because I'm sure many of them suffer from PTSD. I know when we hear PTSD, we immediately think about veterans, but really anybody who has dealt with some form of trauma can experience mm-hmm. PTSD. And just the loss that the world has taken from COVID into, mm-hmm. you know, just being a hospital and wit- witnessing this daily loss of life has had to have some type of effect on them mentally. And who are, who is anyone to say they don't deserve to manage their health, how they see fit, if it brings harm to none? So I, I wish I had the answer for know, that because it no one has boggles my yet. mind. No yeah. one has the answer yet, but we're going to get to that answer. I'm fighting for that answer. Somebody's going to answer me one day. <laughs> That's right. You're sparking the conversation. I mean, that is a huge deal. And, you know, the bill is going to be an arduous process. So your commitment to it is just, I'm just so in awe of you. I mean, I just love your commitment. And um, I appreciate you joining us today. Before we end this episode, where can people find you? So you can find me in a couple of places. Uh, Facebook, Shonda Broom. Uh, also, I have a Facebook page that is my consultant page now. Um, it's D4N Consultant. So I do cannabis consults. Um, I also do workplace protections and safety consults with employers and employees, you know, helping them create policy, but also helping employees know their rights because they need to be made aware of that. On Instagram, I am the, like, DA420 nurse, as well as the DA holistic gypsy. So I got my cannabis side and my holistic side, and sometimes they intertwine. But, you know, I'm still, you know, trying to get people used to this cannabis side of me. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It's like a slow integration, and then all of a sudden you're completely immersed, and you're like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah, because you know people call me the weed lady in town. I'm like, oh, Oh, yeah, of course. I'm like, well, I just know that I can ask you questions and talk to you. And I was like, yeah. Don't don't say the weed lady too loud. I don't need people. Right, say plant lady. lady. (laughs) Plant lady. Call me the plant lady. Call me the plant lady. That's safer. (laughs) Yeah, I like broccoli. (laughs) And so TikTok, uh, TikTok, same thing, the 420 nurse and the holistic gym. I love your TikToks. Yeah, thank you. I see I'm you finally getting on you, TikTok. You just, I know you're finally getting on TikTok, so I'm excited <laughs> to see what you're going to bring to TikTok. <laughs> Don't get too excited. <laughs> anyway, 
Thank you again, Shonda, for joining us. I appreciate you. you. Please come back again. Of course. As I mentioned in the earlier segment, this is a special episode covering the political side of plant medicine. And in this segment, I'm joined by my co-host on my other podcast, Your Highness Podcast, but also my partner in life, JR. How are you doing today? Doing well. How's it going with you? I'm doing all right. Perfect. Good things. I'm excited to talk about the legislation called the Kratom Consumer Protection Act, or the Kratom Consumer Protection Act. I still haven't gotten it. (laughs) I keep slipping up with my pronunciation, so forgive me if you're out there and you have a particular way of pronouncing it. (laughs) Well, it's how we we originally started saying it like 10 years ago, so now it's kind of hard to... uh... To change it after saying it the wrong way for like 10 plus years. Right. Kratom, Kratom, let's call the whole thing off. Call the whole thing off. So the American Kratom Association, which we are very familiar with, um, talk about 10 years ago. I remember when that began, the association began and I was writing about it and people were like, Kratom, Kratom. What is this thing? And I had to use very, uh, well, I think even now they make me use more controversial headlines, you know, those, those like gotcha headlines. Like, uh, I'm not using the right terminology, but, you know, like, what is Kratom? Is it a, an addictive drug or something that can really help you? Like clickbait, like clickbait headlines. Yeah. Clickbait, that's the word we're looking for. And so I'm really happy that the, uh, that the KCPA is in existence because it kind of combats that sort of thing, you know? And that's really important when it comes to plant medicine, fighting misinformation. So the American Kratom Association, which is the major advocacy organization for Kratom in the United States, has been working diligently to overturn proposed bans and pass the Kratom Consumer Protection Act We'll be referring to it as the KCPA. I already did that, but (laughs) Um, in several states across the country. And as they continue to try to get it passed in other states, we're seeing a lot more legislative changes throughout the country in regards to Kratom. But this act helps overturn proposed bans because it outlines how Kratom can be regulated in a safe and effective way rather than making it illegal altogether. So to advocate for the plant, the AKA uses scientific-based evidence as well as gathering thousands of testimonials from Kratom users. And senators are listening to the advocates at the AKA and progress is being made. Yeah, so uh, some of the following that are part of uh, the regulations in this Kratom Consumer Protection Act, um, yeah, it prohibits the sale of Kratom to minors, so anyone that is uh, 18 and over would still be allowed to purchase Kratom, but anyone younger than that would not be able to purchase Kratom. Uh, They would have to disclose if any food items uh, contain Kratom, brownies and whatnot, and also, it, it adds the banning 
uh, the sale of adulterated or contaminated kratom products. Mm-hmm. Adulterated. Adulterated. Adulterated or adulterated. <laughs> Whichever way I think works. You say um, potato, I say potato. Right? You say kratom, I say kratom. <laughs> It also disallows kratom products that are packed with or or that contain harmful substances that alter the strength or quality of kratom in a way that could harm or injure the customer. It prohibits kratom products that may be mixed or packed with substances scheduled in the respective state. It also forbids the sale of kratom products containing more than 2% of seven, I know I'm going to pronounce this incorrectly here, hydroxymitrogynine. I don't know. I gave, it a, I gave it a shot. Let's say it's right. Let's say it's right. <laughs> and if we're wrong, then everyone else just needs to start saying it how you just said it right there. Yeah. We'll just make everyone else be wrong. Right. But yeah. Also, um... Just to end it all off, it uh, it prohibits the sale of any products that contain synthetic kratom alkaloids or a synthetic version of any other natural compounds found in kratom, um, and also labeling kratom products and stating the ingredients and origins of the kratom. Mm-hmm. And that's super important because as you as you know, Jr. <laughs> because we've been taking this kratom journey together, and we've also worked for so for some bad actors in this industry. Um, there, this act really is going a long way. I think to not just legitimize the plant, but also protect consumers because there there are a lot of dangerous products out there. I mean, there are people that take advantage of something that is truly life-changing. And, I mean, my dream would be that everybody has access to this plant in a safe way, you know. And that's why I love being aligned with companies like Mitra Gaia, which is the brand behind this podcast. But it's really important to have a product that shows you where the origin of the plant is coming from is willing to give you test results, you know, and show you what you're consuming because, you know, let's be real honest here. <laughs> let's be real. It is um it's a risk when you're when you're using plant medicine that you have to consider if you aren't really looking into who you're buying from, then it's a mixed bag at the at best. Well, yeah. I mean, regulation is never the, the sexiest topic. No one gets super excited about regulations. Uh, but when well, you, some people do. Some people do. <laughs> um, but when you have situations, you know, with, with Kratom or Kratom, um, and even found with things like CBD, when it's unregulated and it becomes as simple as you being able to just purchase it from a gas station – you're never going to know exactly what you're getting at that point. You could be getting something that's just completely useless and snake oil that just so happens to say Kratom on the package. And then you could just be throwing your money out the window and hoping for a placebo effect situation to occur when you consume it. Or you could be consuming something that's actually uh, dangerous for you and does the opposite. When we were um, 
living in Florida, I knew of some people that did purchase Kratom um, from a source that wasn't the, the most tip top and, and they got sick. Granted, they, they survived. It wasn't like a situation where they died. Thank God. But, you know, they got very, very sick from it. And, you know, when it's unregulated, there's really no recourse. You know, it's it's buyer beware. And you see the same thing with CBD companies now um, that are unregulated, that aren't part of the regulated cannabis market um, and just working in that hemp derived CD, CBD market is, you know, they're finding hard metals in, you know, when they are sending them out to third party testing with some of these batches and and this is stuff that people are consuming and trusting that it's safe and green medicine because it's being presented to them as if it was medicine and it's actually the opposite because it is unregulated and it can pretty much be whatever people say it is because there's no regulation or testing that has to align with it it's just a buyer beware situation Absolutely. And and unfortunately, that's what we're up against as um, plant medicine enthusiasts, because there are a lot of people that will just take advantage of a buzz, a buzzword. I don't like to say, you know, to simmer it down to something that seems as useless as a buzzword. But unfortunately, that is how a lot of people classify things that are alternative to, you know, big pharma and other big businesses, you know, it's basically anything that goes against the status quo, they're going to, you know, label it a buzzword or, you know, the latest fad when in fact, Kratom has been used for hundreds, if not thousands of years by many different cultures. So not every state has passed the KCPA. Just before we end, I'm going to talk about the states that have currently passed this act. Um, I know that several other ones are considering it. Um, I should say consider, you know, it's up for, for consideration. Right. Um, so in the state of Utah, they were actually the first state to pass the KCPA um, in March of 2019. And the FDA, the FDA didn't leave any stone unturned in bullying the legislator by criminalizing the Kratom consumers. Many other states started giving a thought to their version of KCPA. This is from KratomGuides.com, I'm reading. So the next one is the state of Georgia, which passed the KCPA in April of 2019. The ratio of voters versus non-voters in the house was 164 to one wow all right so (laughs) next is the state of arizona which passed it in may of 2019 so um obviously this will change in 2023 for some of some of these states you know but you could uh, use some more states though Right. Use that list being a lot longer than it actually is. Right. Exactly. Because we do need legislation like this and we need to support businesses that support this legislation. So um, in that vein, I'm going to mention one more time that Mitra Gaia is having a really awesome sale right now. 
um, for the holidays. It's 20% off all products, and that's on mitragaya.com, M-I-T-R-A-G-A-I-A.com. And also make sure to talk to your representatives uh, about bills like this um, to forward the momentum of finally having legitimacy in the crowd on community and other green medicine communities. Mm-hmm. Supporting organizations like the American Kratom Association. Um, I mean, they're not the only group, though, but <laughs> they, but they're the ones, yeah. There, there are a lot of other ones out there, you know, obviously just do your homework, but, um, you know, a great place to get started is, is looking at the AKA because, the AKA. <laughs> I was like just melding that into one letter there. Um, but anyway, so that's it for right now. We'll probably dive a little deeper into this topic in 2023, but we just wanted to end the year on a little political note, a little, a little snapshot, if you will. <laughs> But please reach out to us if you have any questions about, you know, any of this really. Um, you can you can contact us at gettingpersonalwithplant at gmail.com. Until next time. Bye, everybody.